from Zoom City and Internet Land. The Jack Benny Convention, featuring Buck Benny, Kathy Fuller Seeley, and John Henderson performing a recreation of a lost Jack Benny script with a very special guest. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another recreation of a Jack Benny script, a long lost one. Uh, this one introduces the whole concept of Jack's song, When I Beg Your Pardon, uh, and, it's, and it's delightful. We have a very special guest today uh, doing the show. We have uh, Eddie uh, Anderson's son, Eddie Rochester Anderson Jr., and he's here doing Rochester's part, and he did a wonderful job. We're recording this intro after we've done the show, so we can talk about how the show went. Um, Eddie, we'll, we'll go over to you first. Um, have you ever have you done recreations before uh, doing Rochester, or is this your first one? I don't know. Uh, if you remember the old answering services for the phone, they would be a kind of announcement, you know, like, hello, thank you for calling. And you would have that device at your house before technology went to where it's at now, right? Remember the old fashioned analog sort of device? Well, my mother thought I'd do something for her. My father had passed a few years and I thought I'd take advantage and thought it would be cute to put my father's voice on her answering service. So the, you know, ring her and it would pick up if she's not there or even if she's there, you can hear it. You can hear the announcement. And I would say, hello, you've just reached the Anderson residence at the tone. Please leave your name, your number, and whatever brief message. You know, so I did that whole thing. And my mother made me take it off. She said, I can't take it. She said, he wakes me up in the middle of the night of my call, and, and, and your voice is too close. She said, "No, that's spooky. Erase it now." So, so that was uh, some of the where I first started using my father's voice and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and my father's voice—I I know there's a story out there that said his voice was strained. Mm-hmm. by selling newspapers as a kid in San Francisco. And it was supposed to, the story was the loudest kid sold the most papers, like, read all about it, read all about it. And they said, because he was selling uh, newspapers, I think early as the age of six or seven, something incredibly young. But that's not true. He, his voice actually was much like what you hear me speaking. We, our vocal cords are very much the same. And then he, of course, exaggerated the voice to get that, that, uh, that engineered Rochester voice. It was incredible. I mean, he was smart enough to do that. He ran with it and that was it. But, uh, but at home, it was really toned down. Like it went from, hey, Edmund, because that's our real name. Our real name is Ed. And his name is Edmund Lincoln Anderson III. And I'm Edmund Lincoln Anderson IV. Okay. So it became Eddie Rochester Anderson. So, of course, I had to tag on to that, especially during things of this sort of entertainment and stuff. So it would be not too confusing. But he would say things like, if he were to call me, it would be, Edmund, I'm looking for you. Where are you? So it's close, 
but it's not, hey, Edmund, you know, it's that extra mm-hmm. emphasis on his vocal cords. And that's where he got the voice. Really? I, wow. I, I totally bought into that myth, that legend. I, I, I thought that was his natural voice. And when yeah. you came on to, to help us and do it, I wasn't sure whether you would use your natural voice or like put on the voice, but now right. total sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. that was it. I mean, showbiz, man, you know, you got to do what you got to do to get. And, and, you know, I watched the very first uh, episode of him being a porter when he first uh, came on the Jack Benny show of the radio. And I noticed if you listen to it, he changed his voice, even from doing the porter thing. Huh. He, he spun it a little harder, a little more profound, mm-hmm. you know, a little more emphasis on certain things. And, uh, you know, you find yourself. And I understand that about acting and stuff like that. You have because, I've, you know, I've done the whole acting uh, school training and all that. And they teach you how to find yourself and be comfortable with that thing. It's acting. You don't want to be normal. Why would you look at TV to see somebody normal? Yeah. You right. get it? Right. So you got to put that little bit of accent on, on whatever. Just like The Rock when he does his eye, you know, that eye rough thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. Everybody got that little thing. Well, and when you say uh, it's so interesting, listen to that first year of Rochester. I mean, Eddie Anderson, because he's not Rochester at the beginning. He's a train porter and he's various things for a few episodes. And then all of a sudden, they write him in as the Rochester character, Jack's valet, like he's always been there. Right. It's not like, oh, I'm hiring a new valet or anything. It's, right. it's just there. Right. And they nail it from the first show, the very first. If you listen to it, you'll think you could say, oh, this is from 1948 or 19. You, you have no idea that it's the first time he's appeared and he nails it with Jack. And they they get that whole bit of the fact that he's his uh servant or butler or whatever you want to call it his valet but he's he he gets the best of jack even in that first interaction with them and from there on he gets the best of jack like every time um it's one of the things i love about this script and why we why it was so neat having you do this one because it's it puts rochester in that uh interesting place of this being his day off and Jack wanting him to do work for him, wanting him to make breakfast for him. He's hinting at it. And Rochester is whether Rochester is truly clueless about it or just acting like he's clueless about it to see how far his boss will go with trying to get him to make the breakfast. I think that's a great little bit. I love it. And it's interesting, even, even to keep him company, he says, I don't like eating breakfast alone. Hey, Rochester is like, no, I'm doing my own thing. Right, right, right. <laughs> Give me a break, boss. <laughs> me time is what they call it. Me time. <laughs> That's right. It's me time. Well, and Jack respects that. And Jack doesn't just say, get in here. You got to do this. You work for me all the time. You know, anything that someone else might do with somebody that's their employee, he doesn't do that. He lets it go. And, and, it, and I think it's great. Um what like like for doing this bit? I mean, you and Todd were so great back and forth, going back and forth as Jack and Rochester. Um, what, were you surprised at how how easily that you and Todd could pull that off? And I, I kind of I knew I was going to feed off of, of Todd because remember uh, you sent me that link. Yeah, and so I looked at it. And I was like, and me and you even had a a quick discussion about that. We kind of played on. And I was like, you know, I'm going to try to blow Todd away. <laughs> <laughs> it was spooky. I was like, 
I need that guy's number after that for other projects. Yeah. <laughs> you nailed it, man. You well, nailed it. it you, I, I got to tell you what an honor it was for me to be able to do that with you. And, and yeah. it just, I, I was getting chills as I, as we were dialoguing. It was just so cool. Hey, Todd, you're still Jack. It's scaring me. <laughs> you're cheating you were jack all the time <laughs> oh, were you jack at three <laughs> uh, Todd puts on glasses and goes so you found oh, you out you nailed it though man you <laughs> nailed it so it was really easy for me because I was feeding off of you but man could you imagine if we really rehearsed this I think yeah. people I think people would get spooked and, and probably would ban us. <laughs> yeah, we found uh, we we just kind of run these. It's kind of like an old fashioned table read where right. the actors would just read. Yeah. It, it's not a finished finished product or anything because right. you know to do no, that it just takes so much more than we have. But but sure. to do it as a nice fun table read between everybody, it works out pretty slick and it's fun and and we I love think it's it. a very smart idea. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and the thing is, we have some of their original table reads have been recorded or the original rehearsals that they had, and they would be yeah. somewhat similar to this somewhat. It, it, oh, yeah. You'd, you'd have that. Um, they don't have a lot of them. There's probably like 10 of them that are floating around out there. But uh, but it's interesting to see the kind of joking back and forth. And the, a lot of yeah. what we do is is very similar. I guess it's just what happens when you get people together and oh, somebody blows a line or whatever, and you just yeah. kind of make fun of that or they read the wrong part or whatever. And it's, right. it's all a... Good if there's time. a way to get Eddie some of those table reads, we should so that we can. Yes, I would them. love to see yeah. that. They, yeah. they even have uh, audio and visual or video stuff, or no? No, just just audio. audio. They're just okay. audio, re like rehearsals. That would be interesting to see. Yeah, I'll throw them. It, it's fun because a little every once in a while you'll get Eddie and Jack coming out of character and just kind of talking to each other for a second and then they go back into it and that's kind of that's always a fun little wow. piece when that happens yeah. so yeah <laughs> so yeah I'll, i've got a whole folder that's just those and so i'll just link you to the folder and you can listen to as many as you want yeah they had a you know they had insane chemistry insane. they did yeah they yeah, really they, did. It was really insane you just don't see much of it Anymore. No, and a lot of it is in the writing. So I mean, because you could hear you guys' chemistry click so well too, right. and right. and so you could see how easy that would be with their chemistry. They already had right. this affinity for each other, and then right. on top of that, to have the writing mm -hmm. feed into that so well, yeah, it's great. Wow. So yeah, um, Zach, you were making some points before we uh, were recording the intro, but why don't you throw out some of the stuff you were sharing about the importance of this episode or? Oh yeah. Well, I was I was relaying the fact that one of the first television episodes I ever saw was the ver visual version of that opening routine um with uh Rochester on his day off. So to be able to witness it with Eddie Jr here playing the role of Rochester was like it was quite a mind-blowing like <laughs> thing to experience at uh, at 10 o'clock morning. Um yeah. and um it certainly wasn't on my on my list of things that I was going to experience this week ahead of time. Um, uh, and um, but also to witness the difference in the script as it's written uh, from the way that the routine was adapted for radio and filling in the gaps on how that routine would have been adapted for television. I've, I've done screenwriting before and to watch try to put the pieces together in my mind as to 
how would this function and how what what would be the camera direction what would be the actor blocking like how how would they label that out in television form but also this script is a very key source of uh, uh, for Benny fandom because it's the origin of when you say I beg your pardon then I'll come back to you which since it doesn't exist we I never knew for years what was the instigator of this it always just seemed like Jack just decided one day to write a song <laughs> so, uh, so to have the gap filled was very very nice thanks to this lovely recreation well, we're so glad you could be here exactly yeah. And Zach, why don't you really quickly, um, just because you're this is your first time here and everything, why don't you uh <laughs> tell our listeners like uh, you have a podcast that you run? What what is what is that that you that Yeah, um I run a podcast called Yesteryear Ballyhoo Review, um, spelled R-E-V-U-E because I think I'm being clever. <laughs> um <laughs> you just make it hard to find your podcast. That's all <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anybody to listen. Um, no, um, we go through golden age Hollywood films and early cinema titles, basically anything pre-1968 before the new wave kicked in. Um, and we go through the titles but through a deep dive breakdown and we discuss some of the funnier aspects of them, but we also talk about the historical context behind them. Um, I've done many episodes on Jack's film career. Um, the Buck Benny Rides Again episode uh, was a very big hearted tribute to Eddie Rochester Anderson. And we have um, uh, an episode with Laura Leibowitz from the Jack Benny fan club talking about man about town um, and hope Sears from all of the classics just did George Washington slept here um, with me back in December. Um, so, and uh, we've just, we've gone through some interesting titles. Um, the next one that's coming out is whatever happened to baby Jane. So we're talking about the Betty Davis and Joan Crawford feud. Um, and there will be one on the lost weekend that I'm recording, uh, the day before the convention. So we're going to, the, the parody that Jack did of lost weekend will be brought up in that episode because I will not miss a chance to talk about that lovely episode. And that actually has a really good Rochester moment because he's trying to get a job with Ray Milland and leave Jack. (laughs) 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 Absolutely delightful. Um, so yeah, it's on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, the most of the platforms, um, and I'll send Daryl all the information if he wants to link it. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's it's a fun thing, and I also do weekly film reviews on the Real Nerds podcast, where we take a take the new movie of the week and review it. Um, I haven't been on the last four weeks because I've been prepping the Benny convention, but right. I'm, I'm sure I will return to talk about um, uh, the upcoming titles, including Jackass Forever, which <laughs> will be okay. an interesting time um uh and uh but yeah um i'm i'm anywhere you guys want to find me just just Perfect. shoot a message and say hello <laughs> and and like he says he's he's really a key component in the jack benny convention that's coming up here next weekend oh, um the and as i say next weekend i, I who knows when you're hearing this but uh w- i would we were going to present a different uh recreation to the jack benny convention but I have a, a feeling that Zach and I would like to get this one put together and put in place of that one, I think would be a better. Uh, I was going to say, Daryl, if this wasn't the one you were planning on, I have no problem being seen in my PJs right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I think we'll go ahead and go with this one since we we got Eddie here. That is so great, and 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 it could be seen by a number more people than if we just put it out there for for my uh, audience. So I think it'd yeah. be fantastic, and, um, and it gives a, people a chance to get to know Eddie Junior, who you know, yeah, Eddie, you, the the you've posted a lot over the years on the on the page about your father. And I do want to take a moment to thank you for that because it's very lovely to get to know your father through yeah, you. Thank you. Like thank it, you. it really is like, you, the, as I said before, the amount of barriers your father broke just continues to, to, to inspire me. And, you know, my dad, on the, on a personal note, my dad, I, he doesn't listen to Jack with me that often, even though he introduced me to him accidentally. But um, whenever your father comes on, my dad's eyes light up and his and his you can hear his laughter. So yeah. that's still a gift that your dad keeps giving. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate that it. is so sweet. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, I, and I'll just point this out about Eddie, too, because because I love the fact that Eddie's doing so much to, to honor his dad. But he's also <laughs> lately been sharing pictures of his mother, and that, uh, and she's eighty-eight and still with us, right? Eighty-nine, actually, right? Eighty-nine, yeah, yeah and, and still with us, and that's wonderful. So, um, I I hope she's doing all right and everything. And yeah, uh, it's a battle. It's a battle. Yeah. She's suffering from dementia and oh, Alzheimer's. Uh, uh, so we have, you know, good nights, bad nights, but uh, it it had gotten a lot worse uh, maybe six, seven months ago, but now she looks a lot better. She's talking, I mean, you know how Alzheimer's does. So, yeah. so we're fighting that, but uh, she's still alive and she's healthy and it's, it's all good. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's good to hear that she's still with us and everything. Yeah. And just yeah. Enjoy her, you know, and everything. Yeah. yeah. My, my mom's same age. I mean, I, my mom's 88, but she's almost 89. And then uh, okay. yeah. and my dad's 90, his 95th wow. birthday is coming up this summer. Um, wow. And they're both hanging in there and everything yeah. and, and on all that. And so we're just enjoying them as much as we can. But thanks everybody for this. Um, did John, do you have any uh, questions for Eddie or anything you want to point out about your podcast or anything or? Uh, yeah, well, I always have a chance to promote my podcast. It's This Day in Jack Benny. And basically, whenever there's a reference in the episode, I'll look up like a clip for that reference for people who, you know, you hear a joke and you don't get it. It's usually because it's a 1940s joke. But I think it is really been a thrill to have uh, Eddie Rochester Anderson Jr. here today and to be able to ask him questions and interact with him and especially to do the part. It's just so, so much fun. So I just want to thank you for joining hey, us. Thank you, man. I enjoyed it, man. It really did. It made my Saturday. <laughs> Daryl, you indicated there was going to be surprise. I never in my wildest imagination thought it was going to be this. This is exceeded what I thought it would be by far. Yeah, because my, my trick was, Great. so I'm having, I'm having everybody do an episode we've already done. And, and everybody's like, why are we redoing an episode we've already done? <laughs> and and yet because i knew it had such a big rochester part that's why i wanted to do it and 
And so I had to talk everybody into coming. So I had to make, it's going to be something big is going to happen, but I didn't want to tell them it wanted to be a surprise. But the last thing I wanted was anybody to go, well, you know what? I think I'll just skip this week and join you guys next week and then be kicking themselves because they weren't here when you were here. Eddie. Yeah. Right. So every, everybody that was able to come came. I mean, even and just, you know, Vincent, who does Dawn, he hasn't come and been part of us for over a month because he's busy with doing a lot of other stuff. Yeah, he's been so busy. Yeah. But I just thought I'd mention it to him. I did to let him on the secret ahead of time, just because I didn't want him. Ah, to, so, so he well, knew that you were going to be here, and, he and so he, he said, "Oh, I'm coming in. and I'll be Don." And I'm like, "Fantastic!" So he did, and he did a great job being Don. So, um, but John is my man of a thousand voices here, and John just does such a great job with Polly and with with uh, Dennis for sure. Um, so often he does Frank Nelson. He does a beautiful Frank Nelson, the best Frank Nelson <laughs> I've ever heard next to Frank. So wow, thank you. Yeah. No, it's so much fun to, <laughs> to hear it over and over, over and over again, and you get a yeah, chance to like join voices like Dennis. It's so much fun. Yeah. So, uh, John, can you do uh, Frank Nelson? Uh, well, I'll have to show you some. No, you gotta give me the. Ooh, can I? <laughs> So, John, can you do uh, Frank Nelson? Yeah, that's a good question. I'll, I'll think about that. Would you stop? <laughs> give, me, give me a ooh, cut that out. No, you have to say, you have to say, oh, Mister, oh, Mister, oh, Mister. Yes. <laughs> can you do Frank Nelson's voice? Yeah. <laughs> I'm always worried because on Zoom, if you go too loud, it'll cut you off. So I got to hold back just a little just, bit. Get in that, that sweet spot. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, thanks, everybody. Um, I think I think we'll end there unless uh, anybody else have any questions for Eddie or anything you want to ask or talk about or anything. I want to thank you for coming. Thank you, Eddie. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Eddie. Yeah. Hey, I enjoyed it. We'll do a, we'll do something again, I'm sure. Oh, I, we will. We will. And Eddie's and I'll got, be reaching out. And I'll be sharing you guys. I've got some things going on. Things going, stuff. yeah. We got I'll some, I got some challenges. Yeah. Uh, oh, tell us, tell just really quickly. That, well, as far as I know, it's new news. Yeah. What, it, what happened with you know, Rochester's house recently? Yeah. I, I'm, I've been struggling to, uh, to try to keep the house for probably over 12 years because of one was I'm a real estate developer, right? So you know about 2008 crash. So they caught me with all this inventory uh, when the crash happened. I was able to survive it somewhat, but lost a lot of stuff. And so of course, with any loss, you know, there's some struggles involved. Now, but I turned the, the estate, my father's mansion, restored it. It's beautiful doing it. Now, it was a bed and, bed and breakfast. It paid for itself and stuff like that. And I have other properties that are linked up to it to keep things going. Now I'm taking care of my mother solely. I have siblings, but I'm the one, right? I'm the, uh, the main caretaker. So... Uh, with that being said, uh, now we've got the pandemic. Now you don't have, now you don't have your tourists. Uh, the, that's what tourism, the money came from tourism because most of the Airbnb stuff that I was doing was overseas, you know? And so that's over. So all these things combined, 
I have to be able to finesse and and I'm not one, I'm, I'm like my father, he was very proud. And so I got some of that DNA and I, I struggle with having to ask for anything because I'm a doer. I do things myself, uh, but I'm gonna have to let go of that and start uh, trying to understand how the nonprofit game, the uh, trying to raise monies for, this is what I envision. And this is, um, this may be unrealistic to most humans, but I've seen it done. I really believe my father's powerful enough to rally up enough support to really put some of these things in a free and clear position. So none of these will be uh, caught in a position to be able to lose this, this legacy, this house, all the things that are attached because there's so many things attached to my father's legacy, not only just showbiz, but like the human services. He was, you know, we got Elon Musk, right? But people don't know my father created an incredible car in what? In the 30s. It's called the Rochester Roaster. He was like an Elon Musk. It's crazy. And matter of fact, I found the car. I found the guy who really? got the car. Wow. Yeah, that, you posted that video last year, I think. Yeah, I found it. I talked to the guy. I said, hey, man, I uh, heard you have my father's car. He said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, excellent. You think I can come by and see it? He said, yeah. He's a you know collector, enthusiast. And I said, uh, you know what? I've always wanted to do my father's movie. You think I can use the car for the movie? He said, well, he, I could tell I was getting too aggressive again. Remember I told you guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm moving a little strong. And he kind of saw me coming. He said, well, yeah, maybe that's insurance kind of issue. And if we can do something with that and I feel comfortable. And I said, yeah, last but not least, how much would it cost for me to get my father's car back? And he told me with a little chuckle, he said, man, look, if you had $3 million, I wouldn't sell you this car. Oh. That's what he told me. So I need to raise four million. <laughs> and, and really, money is no object if you really, you know. Yeah. I've made a lot of money. I've lost a lot of money, especially in real estate. Uh, and it's not, it's never really about money. It's about like what we're doing now. It's having the opportunity to be able to enjoy yourself with meaningful things like we're doing now. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's great. That's well, so and, and it wasn't the house made into a, a what a, a national or a state. Oh, absolutely. I was uh, flew to Sacramento. I mean, I had the package done. Yeah. And Sacramento made it a national uh, monument or uh, the National Registry of Historical Sites. Oh, yeah. That was two years ago. Uh, nice. Now, on the first of this month, it was I. It was perfect because it's Black History Month. Yeah. They actually um, declared it a a, a local monument, historical uh -huh. monument. So that was done just a few days ago. So that was huge. That's wonderful. And a couple of days before that, it's weird. All this is happening. That's why <laughs> probably I'm on the show because it was that that thing happening. That weird supernatural. That synergy that thing, yeah, yeah. So I woke up. My neighbor sent me a picture. We live in a cul-de-sac called Rochester Circle. He sent me a picture of the light pole, and there's a big plaque on the light pole that says 
I mean, I was pursuing this for a couple of years. They never even called me to tell me that they were actually going to uh, put it, uh, attach it to the to the light bulb as you enter the cul-de-sac. There's a big old plaque that says, Ed, the Eddie Anderson, you go the Rochester thing again, but they didn't have enough room. So they put Eddie Anderson, Rochester, right up underneath, and it says uh, Rochester Square on Rochester Circle. So I didn't get that. So I'm calling yeah. them and asking them, can we at least change the square to circle? You know, yeah. just doesn't make sense. Well, so those <laughs> were the big, huge accomplishments of, matter of fact, just this week, the, the plaque, the declaration, and now we're doing the the Zoom, the podcast. So it's all yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so, it, it seems like it's so easy for people to forget and to just let the, you know, things in the past go. But I think it's so great that you are pursuing, you know, the legacy of your father and Jack Benny and everything. Mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. awesome. I think as a, as a child, I, and I don't, I, I'm, I'm not going to say my parents embedded this in me, but to my understanding as a child, as an offspring, I think the, the natural process is for when you have a child, a child really is supposed to take care of your parents. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just the natural order. That's the way it feels for me. Yeah. Uh, so I've made a lot of sacrifices mm -hmm. because of that thing inside of me. I just knew that I was supposed to do what I'm doing now. And if it's, if, even if you make it your whole life uh, sort of uh, commitment, you just have to do it. I mean, what better way to live your life uh, of doing something like this. I, I couldn't, you know, I, I was an athlete. I could play ball. I do all those different things. Act, but this, this here, right here, there's, there's no feeling like it in the world. Yeah. To be a part of something like this. To just not, so it's lineage, you know, you've got to keep going. And I have kids and they're chasing Hollywood, but they don't even know how big their grandfather was. They know it, but they don't really get it. They right. really don't. So, if I could, if I could say something on behalf of the group, Eddie, um, uh, I'll I'll start by saying I'm 30 years old now. Um, I would like to uh, let you know that <clears throat> there are people around my age and younger who are aware of your father and what he accomplished. And in regards to everything that you've been saying, you know, the Benny family. Um, and by that, I mean the, the fans of Jack and the community around it. We take care of each other. Um, they've taken care of me since I was 10. And I would certainly say that you fall in line with that, if not sooner than any of us. And we will, we will be there to support you and your endeavors, no matter what the circumstance, because yeah. th th that heritage does need to be kept alive. And I'm so very very proud to see that you are taking that at the forefront. It is absolutely ad admirable, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I second. The Lucky Strike Program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go out to Jack Benny's house in Beverly Hills. It's morning, and at the moment, our little star is shaving.
happy, happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, strike, be happy. Well, that was a good clean shave. Nice and smooth. I, I wonder how I'd look with a mustache. If I grew one, maybe somebody would give me $10,000 to shave it off. Eh, I don't want anything to detract from my eyes. Well, now I'll go down to the kitchen and get something to eat. I hate when it's Rochester's day off. I always have to make my own breakfast. If there's anything I dread to do, it's fix my own meals. But it's either that or Rochester. Huh? Oh, good morning, boss. Rochester, what are you doing here on your day off? Oh, uh, I didn't have any place special to go today. So I thought I'd just stick around the house. Well, you know, I, uh, I, I was just going in the kitchen to, to make my own breakfast. Good. Go right ahead. Hmm. You know, boss, I, I really enjoy spending my day off at home. Yes, sir. Nothing like sitting in this rocking chair reading a good book. Yes, yes. Well, I, I guess I'll go out in the kitchen and make my breakfast. Oh, boss. Yes, 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 when yes, you, yes. When you get through, you'll find the dish rack under the sink. Hmm. Oh, well, I wish he'd oil that rocking chair. Let's see now. Where's the frying pan? Oh, there it is. I wonder if there are any eggs in the Frigidaire. Here's one egg. And there's another one behind it. Oh, I always mistake that light bulb for an egg. Last week, I boiled it and screwed it into the egg cup. Oh, here's a whole bowl of eggs. I think I'll make them sunny side up. Gee, I, I hate to eat alone. I just want someone to talk to. Oh, Rochester. Yes, boss? Would you like something to eat? Oh, uh, I don't know. The eggs look awfully good. Well. They're, they're fried, sunny side up. Makes a nice breakfast. Well. Oh, I, I'm sure you'll like it. Okay, bring it in. I'm not going to bring it in and take off my bathrobe. But boss, <laughs> you gave me this bathrobe for Christmas. Well, I want it back. Okay. Three more months and I'll get it back again. Never mind. Oh, oh for goodness sakes. While I was talking to him, my eggs burned, but I guess it's my fault. After all, it is his day off. And he wants to spend it just sitting in a rocking chair. Why? Oh, boss, there's someone at the door. I hear it. I hear it. He's coming. He's coming. Yeah, can you wait a minute? Oh, hello, Jack. Hello, Don. Come on in. Come in the kitchen, Don. Sit down. What's on your mind? Well, Jack, the reason I dropped over here was to tell you that I thought of a wonderful idea for the program. So I took the liberty of asking the girl who made that wonderful record, Come On to My House, to be a guest on the show. 
Oh, oh, Rosemary Clooney. Oh, sure. Uh, that'll be great. I'm going to bring her over a little later so you can talk to her. E excuse me, Don. Hello. Yes, he's still here. Just a minute. Rochester. Rochester. Whistler's mother. Yes, boss. There's a call for you. Take it in the den. Yes, sir. Now, now, where were we, Don? We were talking about Ma Rosemary Clooney. I figured she'd be a great guest star for your program because of her popularity. You know, Come On to My House sold nearly three million records. Gee, that's a lot, isn't it? Three million records. And that's a novelty song. Sometimes torch songs or ballads sell even more. Really? Certainly. Take a song like uh, Stardust. Hoagie Carmichael wrote that one and made over $200,000 on it. $200,000 for writing one song? That's right. Now, Jack, my thought is using... Sorry. <clears throat> That's right. Now, Jack, my thought in using Rosemary Clooney on our program was to have a specially arranged number and incorporate it in the show. And that way, we could also use her with dialogue. See what I mean, Jack? $200,000 for writing one song. Gee. Jack, you weren't listening. What? Huh? Huh? What, what did you say, Hoagie? I, I, I mean, Don? Never mind. I've got to pick up Miss Clooney. I'll be back later. I can't get over it. $200,000 for writing one song. Imagine. Now, now what's that? Rochester. Rochester, how come you're cleaning the house? Uh, that phone call I got was from Susie. She wanted me to go out with her later in the week. So I thought I'd work today and take off Friday off. Oh, oh good, good, Rochester. Did you know that Hoagie Carmichael got $200,000 for writing one song? Yeah. He made all that money when he wrote Stardust. How do you like that? 200000 Say, boss, would you like me to fix you a, a nice breakfast? No, no, not now. Rochester, if anybody calls, I'll be in the den. Okay. Well, the house was pretty dirty, but I got it all cleaned up. I wonder what the boss is doing in the den. He's been in there a long time. So my darling, though we've parted. So my darling, though we now it's better the first way. So my darling, though we've parted. What are you doing, Mr. Benning? Rochester, why do you interrupt me? I, I'm I'm writing a song. You you're writing a song? Certainly. You're kidding. What do you mean, kidding? Songwriting is a very dignified profession. And if it wasn't, would they pay me $200,000 for one song? Who's giving you $200,000? Well, that's what they paid Hoagie Carmichael. But uh, Hoagie Carmichael wrote Stardust. That's a classic. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da
a quiet Polly. Now, now Rochester, my song is all about a fellow who broke up with his sweetheart, and I've got the most wonderful title. What is it? When you say I beg your pardon, then I'll come back to you. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, it'll ruin White Christmas. No, no, no. They're, they're different types. Rochester, I'll, I'll show you how it goes. <laughs> Quiet, Polly. Listen, I, I want you to hear this. You, you got to hear this. When I say I beg your pardon, then I'll come back to you. When you ask me to forgive me, then I'll blah, blah, blah. I'll go back. When you... <laughs> Wait a minute. Mr. Benny, what are the swallows doing in Serrano? Wait, go back and cut this piece again, Rochester. I messed up. (laughs) When you say, I beg your pardon, then I'll come back to you. When you ask me to forgive you, I'll return. Now, Rochester, get this next line. This is wonderful. Like the swallows at Serrano. Wait a minute. Serrano. Wait a minute, boss. What are the swallows doing in Serrano? I had to have a rhyme for Capistrano. See, Serrano is a little town in Italy. Well, how can the swallows come all the way from Italy back to Capistrano? I I don't know. I I can't have them come from Stockton or Pismo Beach. I've got to make it rhyme. (laughs) Well, why don't you have the swallows come from Hollywood? Why Hollywood? Then they can use the new freeway. Oh, oh, quiet, Rochester. Look, at I, you haven't heard the best part yet. Now listen to this. If you say that you are sorry, then I will understand. Neath the harvest moon, we'll pledge our love anew. Now, Rochester, here's where I'm stuck, but, but, but I'll get it. So my darling, though we've parted, come back to... Come back to, here's where I need a, a beautiful phrase. Come back to, whence? so my darling, though we've parted, come back to whence we started. Whence? Yes, whence. It's a little town in Italy. It is not. It's a poetic form of where. Now, now here's the finish. Rochester, get this. So my darling, though we've parted, come back to whence we started. And sweetheart, then I'll come back to you. Uh, well, Rochester, what do you think of my song? I I have the same opinion that Polly has. Polly didn't say anything. But no, but she just laid an egg. What? I think that Wentz did the trick. Listen, Rochester, when this song is on the hit parade. Hello, everybody. Anybody up? Up? We're, we're in here, Dennis. Come on in. Oh, hello, everybody. Oh, he- hello, Dennis. What are you all doing up so early? Early? Yeah, it's six o'clock in the morning. Six o'clock in the morning? Dennis, it's 11 o'clock. How do you happen to be five hours behind? Last night, everyone I ran into said, don't forget to turn your clock back. So I did. Dennis, it isn't six o'clock. You're supposed to turn your watch back one hour. Oh, gee, now it's five o'clock. It's not bad enough. This kid drives me nuts. 
but he's got an extra hour to do it. Why don't you sing him your song and you can get even with him? Oh, yeah. Well, let me tell you something. Rochester, you could have your fun now, but just wait until the... <laughs> Excuse me. When you say, I beg your pardon, then I'll come back to you when you... Oh, oh, oh Don! Here I am, Jack. Back again. Don, I thought you were going to bring Rosemary Clooney. I'm right behind him, Jack. Well, Rosemary! C come in, come in. Gee, I, it was nice of you to come over. Come into the den. I, I want you to meet Dennis. Oh, and Rosemary, if he acts silly, don't pay any attention to him. He's It's because he's kind of young, you know. He won't bother me, Jack. After all, I'm only 23 myself. 23? Gosh, I'm, I'm almost old enough to be your father. Well, you'd certainly be a young father. After all, you're only 39. That's right. How did you remember? I've been hearing it all my life. Hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, follow me, Rosemary. Well, here we are. Rosemary, I'd like you to meet Dennis Day. Hello, Dennis. Sure, Megora. It's like a bit of old Blarney seeing a Colleen like yourself, Miss Clooney. Dennis, I never knew you spoke with such an Irish brogue. Ah, tis a brogue which drips with shamrocks. And you'll not find a better one this side of the county cork. Say, you speak like a native. Do you come from Ireland? No, I listen to Morton Downey. You see, Rosemary, I told you, I told you. Say, Rosemary, I heard you do a song on Guy Lombardi's Lucky Strike program this summer that I thought was wonderful. I can't think of the name of it right now, but it... Was it from this moment on? That's it. I wish you'd do it this afternoon. Oh, but Dennis, I had a, another wonderful idea for Rosemary. That's why I brought her over to see Jack. Yes, Dennis. I, I want to hear what Don's idea is. Well, Jack, hear this number first. Maybe you'll like it. All right. Go ahead, Rosemary. Sing it. Okay. From this moment on. <laughs> I don't know that one. So. <laughs> it's good. It's it's a good song. <laughs> we'll put it look. in there from the real Rosemary. <laughs> Maybe George can sing it at some point. Who knows? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> that was wonderful, Rosemary. Simply wonderful. Hasn't she got a beautiful voice, Dennis? Yeah, for a girl. Well, of course for a girl. What man would sing like that? Morton Downey. Now cut that out. <laughs> Frankly, I don't see any comparison here. If Rosemary sang like Morton Downey, she'd have to be a soprano. Uh, a soprano? Quick, write it down. It rhymes with Capistrano. Rochester, you can stop being funny. Uh, Miss Clooney's voice happens to be more of a contralto. That's even better. You can have the swallows come from Palo Alto. What? They'll never make it from Serrano. All right, all right. Now, look it. Let's forget my song. Good, good. Now, Rosemary, what's this great idea Don has for you? Well, Jack, Don wants me to do Come On In My House with a special arrangement from the Sportsman Quartet. The, the Sportsman? Where are they? Behind Don. Oh, 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 move over, Don, and, and let me see. Okay. Oh, yes, and gee, 
there's an orchestra back there too. I, uh, go ahead, Rosemary. Let's hear it. Come on in my house, my house. I'm gonna give you candy. Come on in my house, my house. I'm gonna give you apple and a plum and apricot to two. Oh, come on in my house. Come on, come on. Come on in my house. Come on, come on. Hmm. Come on in my house, my house. I'm gonna give you lucky strike. Come on to my house, my house. I'm gonna give you L and S and M and a T. Hey, come on to my house, my house. Come on. Come on to your house, house. Come on. Come on to my house, my house. I'm gonna give you a mild mellow cigarette. Hey, come on to my house, my house. Come on. Come on to your house, your house. Come on. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, strike, be happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. Rosemary, Rosemary, that, that was wonderful. And Don, your idea of using Rosemary with the quartet was good too, but on what program do you think we should do it? Naturally. Dennis, Dennis, what does that mean? I don't know. You got a laugh last week. Well, this is this week. Well, how about having Rosemary do it this afternoon? No, Don, I'd rather have Rosemary do my song. After all, it's brand new and, hmm. Rochester, will you answer the door, please? I can't. Why not? You're, you're not taking the day off. You decided to work today, didn't you? Uh-huh. Then why won't you answer the door? Lunch hour. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> He's coming. He's coming. Oh, Phil, I wasn't expecting you. <laughs> well, I didn't intend to come, but uh, I thought at a time like this, man could use friends around him. Me? I thought you'd need all the cheering up you could get. Phil, why should I need cheering up? Oh, well, I hate to be the one to break the news to you. Phil, what happened? The newspapers are raising their prices to a dime. Uh, oh, oh, but, but to a dime? Yeah, it was all in the papers. I, I know, but who read it to you? I read it myself. It was print. I can handle that. Oh. oh well, I'll run around now. I, I, no, no, Phil, don't go. I, I'm glad you came. You might be able to help me a little. Sure, Dad. What's the problem? Well, I wrote a song, and I'd like you to look at the music. The what? Music, music. For goodness sakes, what's on your piano? Remley, we had a party last night. Remley's on your piano? He's in pretty bad shape. We might just have to put down the lid and bury him. Look, Phil, why can't you just once come here and... Rochester. Still on dessert. Well, answer it anyway. Come on, Phil. The gang's in the den. Hiya, kids. Hello, Phil. Hello, Phil. Uh, Phil, this is Rosemary Clooney. Hello, Phil. Well, if you come up to my house, baby, I'll give you ham hocks and turnip greens and black pe black eyed peas from New Orleans. Phil. When you say I beg your pardon, then I'll come back to you. What's the matter with the kid? Is he sick or something? D Dennis, put down my song. Your song? Yes, I, I wrote that song. Hmm. Let me take a look at them lyrics. When you say I beg your pardon, then I'll come back to you. 
When you ask me to forgive you, I'll return. Oh, no, no, Jackson. No, forget about that song, Dad. Them lyrics don't mean nothing. Oh, oh, them don't mean nothing, don't them? No. Well, Phil, let me ask you something. You're the sole author and composer of a little gem called That's What I Like About the South, aren't you? Yeah, I wrote that. How many copies did that song sell? About five million. That's all the encouragement I need. And, and let me tell you something, Phil. I'm going to have this song of mine introduced by a great singer, somebody like Mary Alonza. Mary Alonza? Yes, he's the greatest tenor in America. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll take that insult from whence it came. Whence? You see, Rochester, my lyrics are catching on already. Well, Jack, good luck on your song. I've got to run along now. Hey, Phil, will you give me a lift home? Sure, Donzi, hop in. I got to go, too. It's a quarter after five. I want to see the sunrise. What? <laughs> Forget about it. I'm off. Hey, Rosemary, can I drop you off someplace? Yes, thanks, Phil. I'm living at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Goodbye, Jack. Goodbye, Rosemary, and thanks so much for coming over. Bye. Goodbye. Hmm, that, that Rosemary Clooney makes a fortune singing, come on to my house. And Lynn lives at a hotel. Well, everybody's gone. When I, when you say I beg your pardon, then I'll come back to you. Gee, I, I like that better than Stardust. Let's see, how does Stardust go? Sometimes I wonder why I spend. Spend, at least my song makes sense. When you say I beg your pardon, then I'll come back to you. The Jack Benny program is heard by our armed forces overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Stay tuned for Amos and Andy's show, which follows immediately. This is CBS, the Columbia Radio Network. I thought, let's let you guys, if anybody has any questions for, for Eddie before we get started, let's let's do that. So, um, John, you got anything for Eddie? I would assume you have some questions. <laughs> you know, I'm curious because I was talking to uh, Elva Green, who is uh, the daughter of also an old time radio star. And she said that she met uh, your father once and everybody called him Rochester. So I'm curious whether people in real life called him Rochester or Eddie or both or what? Actually, actually both. Like, uh, for instance, if my mother or uh, my mother, of course, it would be Eddie, wouldn't be the show stuff. Uh, you know, that, that now that's a hard question. Let's say he would answer to both. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was either or, and he wouldn't correct you. He wouldn't say, like, if you right. called him Rochester, he wouldn't say no. Just call me uh, Eddie. It's, yeah. it's either, I think he took it either or. I think it would have been too hard, you know, because Rochester is the big one. You know, that's the show kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, but still, even around the house, the neighborhood and stuff like that, who knew my father on a personal basis, it was still, hey Rochester, hey Rochester. <laughs> so, it was still that, not Eddie. So, yeah. Huh. Yeah. So yeah. So maybe. You know, that was a good question. Maybe, I think, for the most part, 
me hearing my mother say, Eddie. Right. That was it. Wow. Yeah. So more Rochester than Eddie. Errol, I have, I have a question and a comment. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Eddie, first of all, my comment is uh, your dad was such an awesome performer. I mean, he stole the show a lot of times that I, I just loved watching him and listening to him. So yeah. awesome guy. And my question is, what did he like to do in his free time? What did what what was life like with your dad? He was he was a he was a man who would like to go fishing. Uh, did a lot of spent a lot of time in front of the fireplace, actually. Really? Just sitting in front of the fireplace. And that's where we would have our moments together. Uh, he would tell me things that I still don't understand to this day. Because you know he was dropping some wisdom really over my head. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. You guys. And as I got older, of course, I understood what he was saying. But those were the um, the more powerful moments that I would have with my father. Um, you know, he had two lives, uh, especially when I would uh, look up some of the history of my father, especially when he was married to his first wife. And by the time I came on the scene, it was like sort of night and day. It really was because he was more into, I guess the, the glitter of, of Hollywood. He was uh, not so much just wanting to be there, but just very, very busy. So by the time I came, he was on his way to retirement. So I got a chance to spend the, that kind of quality time with him. That's great. So that's how that works. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And Zach, I just sent you the script again, so hopefully that gets through to you. <laughs> well, Eddie, I, 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 I've got one quick question. Sure. Did no you problem. ever get to? Did you ever get to go on the set with your father when he was doing like the the Love American style uh, yes. episode or other yeah. things? Uh, he would period. take me and had me believing that I was going to try out for a part. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's how you got me. And I'm sitting there in the corner rehearsing while while they're actually filming. Actually shooting. <laughs> it's like, go over there. You got your part? You ready? You ready? <laughs> Never got the part. <laughs> now, uh, with and and uh, he passed when you were 19 years old. Absolutely. You said? Okay. Yeah, I just turned 19 January 21st. And he passed February 28th. Yeah. 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 That's so sad. But I'm glad you got to experience him for 19 years. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. I, I am too. You know. Yeah. Could have been a whole lot sooner. Really yeah. Good. Right. Right. I had the opportunity. How, so, yeah, how, old, how old was he when he passed? I can't remember. He was uh, 72. 72. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, and, and uh, Eddie's doing a lot of things to try and keep uh, Ed, his dad's memory going. And mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that he's doing is, is on uh, Ed, Ed, Rochester currently has a star on the Hollywood walk of fame or whatever. And the star is uh, just says Eddie Anderson and he wants to get it changed. So it says Eddie Rochester Anderson. Um, 
And then what, but why don't you tell us a little more about the star thing? Cause you also want a couple more stars. So go ahead. sure. Sure. Um, actually I was very young right after my father's death. I was actually just walking down Hollywood and I happened to look down at the stars like most people do. And I came across a star that only had read Rochester. It was only Rochester before Eddie Anderson. And I was like, yeah, but no, but yeah, I just Rochester wasn't enough for me to really, even as his son, identify that that's my father's, right? So I started on this campaign, got in touch with the Chamber of Commerce and stuff like that. And I think it was what, Johnny Grant was the president of Hollywood. I think that was him or something. Okay. Yeah. So I started going back and forth with the Chamber of Commerce, trying to get the star changed. And, and it wasn't easy. It was, it, was, it was a difficult run. So me and him were going back and forth about the Rochester. And uh, I kind of laid back off of it for a while because it was kind of intense. And unbeknown to me, my two sisters, well, no, my one sister, the middle sister, she took up the project without me knowing. And they actually blindfolded me and took me to Hollywood. I didn't know where I was going. They took the blindfold off and they showed me the star. It had been changed to Eddie Anderson. <laughs> kind of bittersweet though. You get it? I get the Rochester off. I get the Eddie Anderson what I want. But then the Rochester's gone. <laughs> I'm, oh. like, I'm like, why'd you guys, you know what they told me? Because I'm a little hothead at times, you know, I'm the bull, right? And uh, they said, well, you know what? Just calm down. Just take it like this and let some time pass and go after it again. So 30 years later, here I am. I'm trying to do it again. I'm trying to get wow. to Rochester. Yeah, I'm trying to get it in. And what's the star for? What is the, is it for radio? radio. Or Only for radio. radio. And Jack Benny, which I really didn't know until recent. Because I'm still going after the, uh, to put the Rochester in the middle of that. And I just started doing my little research and I'm finding out Jack Vinny has three stars. And I'm like, oh, okay. Radio so, telephone, yeah. 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 So instead of just me going for the Rochester, let me go for the home run. You get it? And that's, actually, that's what actually, I'm going. I actually have a question regarding that because it, it's, it's strange to me that your father doesn't have a star for film because as Kathy has been researching and has enlightened me on with my own research, your father did a lot to break a lot of barriers on film. The work he and Jack did, especially with the three sandwich films, uh, Man About Town, Buck Benny Rides Again, and um, Love Thy Neighbor, um, are films that were so... Uh, they were so uh, counteractive to norms back then that they were able to seed, uh, supersede Southern censors because of having a black man and a white man on screen together in a role that didn't necessarily indicate servitude. And I, I'm actually curious, Eddie, when you watch your father's work on film, uh, like, what is the thing that impresses you the most about it? Because he was not just a comedian, he was also a consummate dancer and, to my mind, a wonderful singer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, uh, I guess you call it a true entertainer. Mm -hmm. so let's go back to what that really means. 
that means you have to be the prodigal child. You know, <laughs> you, you, he had to sing, even to get a chance, I think back in the day of uh, getting maybe even elected or chosen to cast or whatever, you had to really show some, some talent. You, back in those days, you had to feel the right music, sing it, uh, play it. You get what I'm saying? As an instrument, yeah. he did all those things. Uh, he actually could sing. He would intentionally uh, use flat notes for the com comedic side of things, but he was not tone deaf. It was amazing. He could sing <laughs> with that raspy voice in a way nobody else could. It, it, it was just strange. So in watching my father, um, I just want to rewind a little bit because I thought my father would enjoy watching himself too one day. Mm -hmm. I was a kid in the room and all of a sudden your father pops up on this box. You get it, this food tube or whatever, right? And <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, that's my father. So I'm, I'm like, wait, uh, that's daddy. And you know, look at and I run around the house and I find him in the kitchen. And I say, Daddy, 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 you're on TV. I, I don't really understand how this thing works. I know he's on TV. And I said, come on, come on. I run back into, it's called the rumpus room, like a family room. And I'm watching and I just know he's somewhere in the vicinity. And I look back because I'm laughing. I don't know what I'm laughing at, but what? He's not there. So I run back in the kitchen. I said, Dad. What are you doing? You're on TV. He said, well, son, I have something to tell you. I said, why? Come on. He said, I never watch myself on TV. Huh. <laughs> true, true that. So that kind of tells you, I mean, that gives you some imagination. I mean, you could take that in a whole lot of different places. But he was, he was a, a different kind of man. You know what I mean? Yeah. All of my experience in my 64 years, his, he was dialed different. He really was. So back to when I would see, uh, and, and that showed a sense of being very, very noble and not, and he was true to his art. This is the way I took it. And I think when you look at your work too much, you question whether or not you did a good job. Or not. I've heard that before. You question. Mm -hmm. And so oh, yeah. sometimes you do it and you leave it. Or you'll find yourself repeating, and you may not have, you may be less dimensional, so to speak. Oh, and there's lots of artists that that yeah cannot watch themselves. I mean, one of the most famous is probably William Shatner, cannot yeah. watch himself at all. He says as soon as he starts watching himself, he starts picking his, his performance yeah, apart. That's what but I kind of took. With William Shatner, we all kind of do that with his performance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Out on the Great Space Show. <laughs> yeah. But what, now, what I didn't like about and when Zach asked me, what what really impressed me was the the bond that Jack Benny, my father, had, and he the show. Even though black people were sometimes in protest, but I don't think they really watched the Jack Benny show because if you really <laughs> watched it. Uh, Pops was playing a, uh, a valet or, or a, a manservant or whatever you call it, but the roles were switched where mm -hmm. Rochester was really calling some serious shots and Jack Benny was 
That was his advisor. <laughs> and he yeah. did it. And it almost, Jack Benny was smart enough to even know he needed an advisor, but he needs to spin it a different way. I mean, if it were in real life, so to speak. It's right. like, it I'm going to keep this smart man next to me, whatever it takes to, to do so. It was and brilliant. That's the way I see it. Yeah, I saw yep. that. Like, um, yeah, it, it's crazy. So I just like the fact that the role, man, had so much, they had so much love for each other. And if you look at that New Year's uh, show, that I think the same script. Yeah. Yeah. He sat next to Jack Benny and he put his shoes on the table, his feet. And Jack Benny looked at the feet <laughs> and he was okay with it. Yep. So that showed you a sense of equality. Yep. Now, when they went out, of course, in the public, and um, I'm talking about as far as the show-wise, they, they played it perfectly. But he still didn't play the sermon role. He still dressed like Jack Benny. He stole Jack Benny's clothes every once in a while. His car didn't get fired. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> they were, they, I tell people, they were the first dynamic duo. Yeah. Not, not Batman and Robin. <laughs> Back in well, so, we yeah. were talking last week, Eddie, about uh, we were doing a show on uh, Buck Benny Rides Again. And in Buck Benny Rides Again, one of the early scenes, Jack's oh. car is having issues and whatever. So they, which is the Maxwell, which is old, ancient car, of course. <laughs> so they abandon that car and go to Eddie's car, which is this beautiful car that's <laughs> new and shiny and everything. And so right. Eddie right. has the good car and Jack has the bad car. So that's what that I mean. Just a I mean cool thing. That, that, they don't have a show like that anymore. And you know, you remember Benson, the movie mm -hmm. Benson, where the yeah. same mm -hmm. thing. So I, I actually ran into him and I said, hey, man. He said, yeah. I said, I'm Rochester Jr. He said, what? I said, yeah. I said, but that's not what this is about. I said, you know what? I've watched you, man. And uh, it's kind of uncanny the way you, you spin your role. It really looks like my father, man. And he did like this. Who do you think I study? <laughs> oh, that's what wow. he told me. I had to moonwalk back on that <laughs> I was like, okay. Hey, hey Eddie, right. tell him about the Denzel Washington thing you were telling me about. Oh, Denzel Washington? Yeah. The, the one where he said, uh, and I'm going to put that on the international Jack Benny group too, where he actually commented. He said, uh, somebody in the interview of Fences, and the cast was there. And the interviewer had said, um, well, who do you owe your success to? Like people like Spike and and uh, what's the other one? But he named a couple of people that were young directors. And Denzel corrected them and said, no, 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 no. He like, does that. No, no, no. <laughs> he said, I, he got to go, he got to go a whole lot further. You got to go way back. You got to go way back. He said, I owe my success to people like Eddie Rochester Anderson. Cool. And Stephen Fetcher, you got to go back. That's what he said. Uh, Hattie McDaniels, mm -hmm. he went. He went back. Yeah, he said no. That's just I, awesome. When, yeah. when and I love current, 
I love that he mentioned that too in that interview because one of the most groundbreaking scenes in Buck Benny Rides Again is actually the dance that your father does with Teresa Harris, um, which is I've I did a a breakdown, a three hour breakdown of Buck Benny on my show, and the guests that I had on, we were marveling at the fact that here is this wonderful rom com subplot stuck in the middle of this Jack Benny movie, and we were like a part of us were clamoring for that full movie or at least a better even balance. But that dance scene does so much to break barriers beyond the standard yeah. things that we consider. It's, it's remarkable. Right. And he does several different dances over the course of one number. Yeah. 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 You remember the one where he's doing that little Indian thing with the feather? Yeah. Yeah. That was classic. I actually paired my father up with Michael Jackson and found out Michael Jackson, and rest is rest in peace, but he stole some dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> I actually put them next to each other, man, and put Michael Jackson's uh, music with it, and it was identical. Wow. <laughs> all the way down to a glove. I saw one of the movies, I don't know which one it was, Pops had a glove, one glove, and <laughs> doing the whole thing. And the kick, and the moonwalk, I mean, come on. Really? It's oh. <laughs> great. So, yeah. Well, anybody else have any questions for me well, before we get started? Go ahead, Todd. Eddie, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, as far as showbiz, and a lot of people, even Denzel, I actually ran into Denzel at a restaurant. Uh, I think I was a little too aggressive. He's not going to call me back. <laughs> he was like, man, you don't know I'm Denzel. <laughs> you know? but, so I tried, I'm not going to say I tried showbiz. I've always been in showbiz. Uh, I put myself in entertainment. Uh, so I did the comedy store for a few years. Was doing that. Uh, did the whole cattle call auditions and stuff like that. Uh, almost got a really huge part. Uh, I think the name of the movie was Fetch with Lawrence Fishburne mm -hmm. and another guy. They were they broke they uh, they had a jailbreak or, or they escaped prison, I believe, and they were handcuffed together. Whole movie, but I I mean I kept getting the callbacks, the callbacks, and uh, I think I was too aggressive again. <laughs> Because <laughs> one of the guy, the last guy I was reading for, he was like, "Why are you staring at me?" I was like, "I think the script's saying I'm supposed to be mad." You know? He said, "You're intimidating." Me. I was like, <laughs> I, "I literally laid the script down and did like this. I'm out. You know, I just I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it." So, as a a young man, 23, 24, 25. I still have the, the showbiz DNA. Uh, so what I ended up doing, I became a, uh, uh, into promotions, doing nightclubs, uh, but with a different spin on it. I did something called disco aerobics. I would take a nightclub. I was always into physical fitness and I turned it into like a, a gym, a disco and gym. You wouldn't wear regular clothes. You would come to a disco with your workout, with your workout gear. I'm talking about with mats on the floor and the whole bit, and it it blew up. 
It was huge. So I was doing that, promotions. Uh, then I went into human services. So I'm probably responsible for housing over 10,000 uh, homeless people and incarcerated over a period of 20 years. Wow. Yeah. So I have some huge uh, testimonials coming from people that have actually uh, broken the, uh, the bondage of, of being uh, trapped with drugs, alcohol, and everything that comes with that. So uh, I guess we'll switch over and get into, into doing the script and then we can talk at the end of it again some more. So uh, we're just so glad to have you here, Eddie. Hey, um, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for, uh, for having me. Hey, and, and did you try to contact me before a while ago? No. Somebody went after me. No, that wasn't you. No. Somebody, All yeah. I did, I, I saw your posts on Facebook about the houses and stuff and the little yeah. video you did. Like, it, it on my end, it showed up this last week. I don't oh, okay. know how long you've had that stuff out there. Okay. And then I just thought I'd reach out to you. And then Excellent. you were really receptive. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah. let's do it. You caught me at a good time. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. That was perfect. Perfect time. Yeah. Well, and then, and then with the convention coming up, oh, and that's uh, Zach. For those of you who don't know, uh, Zach's like with the whole convention thing. He's probably, I guess I, I would think if, 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 if Laura Leibowitz is like the heart of the convention, then maybe Josh is kind of the brains behind it or, or certainly on the tech side and everything. Yeah. Um, Zach, Zach, what would you say you, uh, uh, well, give us a little background on you, Zach, because we haven't had you here before. So, <laughs> yeah, I, this was this has all been kind of last minute. Um, yeah, I, no last been, night, like midnight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me at the right time. I was just like, oh, sure. Yeah, shoot. I better get to sleep now. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, no, um, I've been a member of the Jack Benny fan club since I was 10 years old. Um, I uh, joined up through the online one um, and Laura. Uh, and I always stayed in touch, even when I lost track of the forum. And uh, Jack was Jack was actually instrumental for me with a lot of things in my life. And I'll keep this brief because I know we want to talk. We want to get to that script. But yes. um, when I was growing up, Jack was Jack and the gang were friends of mine um, that I discovered because my dad wanted to listen to an episode of the show featuring Groucho Marx. So that was my first Benny listen. And slowly I became a fan of Benny. Um, and Benny superseded Charlie McCarthy at a certain point for me, because that was my favorite up until then. Um, and because um, it's a ventriloquist on the radio, everybody gets fascinated by that as they should. Um, but um, and then as I got older, I kept bringing Benny into my life. Um, and in fact, a lot of the stories about Jack and Rochester and their relationship were very instrumental in me understanding equality and civil rights and respect and um, the, the humanity and the bond that humanity can bring to us, no matter our differences. And so uh, as I got older and I fell into my own alcoholic abyss, um, Jack and the gang were there for me again. Um, uh, in the time that I spent in a lot of, uh, rehab facilities, I was finding a way to listen to Jack, whether through my phone or by other means. And as I got out of my stuff, um, I kept in touch with Laura the whole time. And last year, two years ago, I started my own podcast on golden age, Hollywood 
And I asked Laura to be on to talk about a Benny movie and she picked Man About Town. And it ended up being a four hour journey through Jack's film career that then led to me doing a panel at last year's convention on Jack in film. And that has now led to me working on a book about Benny's film career and why it failed (laughs) because his film career has not had the same historic legacy as other comedians in film. Um, And as we're finding, as I found out through Kathy and as I'm finding out more, the history of Benny and film is far more complicated than we were led to believe. Um, And a lot of allusions to what's going on to this very minute, um, uh, especially with the horn blows at midnight. But so, yeah, that's kind of me. I've just kind of always been around the Benny fandom. And this year at the convention, I'm doing a lot of uh, different panels. Um, One with Brad Zinn, one on Jack in animation, which your episode, on Jack in animation recently with Malibu beach party and mouse Jack bill was a great Kickstarter for my, um, for my deep dive into that because it, 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 it gave an insight into how these cartoons are viewed that I wasn't looking beyond my own purview. Um, and there is a, there is another panel that's now definitely happening on Sunday, uh, that needs to get rearranged in the schedule. Um, but Kathy and I are involved in it and, um, Eddie, actually, your sister, Evangela, and I have been talking recently. Um, she was there last year, and she's uh, agreed to come uh, back for a, a look at your father's career. And I didn't expect to meet you today, so I want to extend you the same invitation as well. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, no, we um, the Rochester panel I'm looking forward to the most because... Eddie, Eddie's story is so unknown to most of us that it's frankly incredible that his story isn't told in a world where we are learning more about African-American performers of that era who overcame a lot of barriers. And I feel like Eddie's story beyond others is one where I don't know why we don't look at it more often. I don't know exactly if it's because of the Benny the the Benny relationship but I the more I look into it and the more I look into those notes the more I realize like this is the story that needs to be told so that's why Daryl I agree that you and Kathy should definitely uh, uh, convince Eddie to get a biography written with Kathy's help because that's the story hey. I want to read <laughs> <laughs> same with me same with me I can tell you <laughs> yeah.